Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapter eight of book three of his work on anger, Seneca is going to give us some very useful advice about the kind of people that we associate with, we engage with, we surround ourselves with. And he's recognizing that if we want to lessen our anger, it's not enough to just get ourselves under control. We need to think about who we engage with because we're not perfect beings who can snap our fingers and automatically have control and a proper perspective, we are going to be affected by the people that we see day to day and who we're engaged with. And I think that in, in an age of social media and, you know, 24 hour news availability, which most of which is opinion or speculation rather than hard news. This is especially important. We need to think about who we're actually involved with. So, He's got this great line, since we don't know how to bear, how to carry literally a wrong and an urea, let's avoid taking one. Let's avoid taking on something that will lead us to anger. Here the translation, we should take care not to suffer a wrong. And so he says, our intimates should be very calm and easy to get along with, not nervous and cross-grained. So he's going to expand on that in a bit when he talks about the virtuous. But here's a key important idea. We pick up habits, mores, right? Our customs, our ways of approaching things from our companions, the people that we are surrounding ourselves with, that we're engaging with. And thereby, he says that, here's the translation, just as some disorders, now disorders here is vitia, which is more literally vices. Some disorders are transmitted by bodily contact. So the mind passes on its defects to those closest at hand. And he's got three very interesting interesting and relatable examples here. Drunkards, people who drink too much, get drunk, you know, do stupid things, right? He says that a drunkard has made his table mates fond of unmixed wine. You might say, well, what's wrong with unmixed wine? Well, in ancient Greece and Rome, in the Mediterranean in general, you would have wine and then you would mix it with water so that you wouldn't get as drunk on it. Just as people in, you know, places like Britain would drink weaker beer, during the day so that they wouldn't go back to work all drunk. Right? So drinking unmixed wine as a habit is sort of like drinking hard liquor for us. Drunkards will encourage that because, you know, they're doing that themselves. They want you to participate in it. He talks about the sexually abandoned and that's a translation of impudicorum, right? You don't want to hang out with these people because you yourself are going to start becoming too loose and lax in your own morals, right? A greedy person, somebody who is afflicted with avarice, avaritia, has transmitted his infection to his neighbors. Now, it's very interesting that Seneca brings these up because these do in fact fall in a classification that we will see later on among Christian authors, not too far from here, as the eight capital vices or the seven deadly sins. These are among the three 
first. Gluttony also includes getting drunk, lust, and greed, right? So there's a recognition back in Seneca's time that these are not good ways to be. And if you don't want to pick up those habits, maybe you shouldn't be hanging around people like that. Or again, if we want to think about in the age of the internet, maybe you shouldn't be engaging in communities or consuming content that figures in with this because it encourages bad tendencies. Now, the virtues, as he says, do the opposite. He says it's the same way with virtues, but in reverse. They make mild everything that is within their orbit, just as poor health profits from being in an advantageous region and a more healthy climate. So if you want to improve minds wanting in strength, profit from keeping company with a better crowd. If you want to improve yourself, hang around with people who are better off, morally speaking, people who don't have to get drunk or high or, you know, eat too much. People who, you know, can actually, as we say, keep it in their pants. People who aren't greedy, people who aren't subject to a lot of these other things that we're going to talk about as well. And not only are not subject to them, but have a positive disposition, this will improve you. And he gives this interesting example. You'll understand how effective this is if you've seen that even wild animals become gentle from living with us. All harshness is smoothed away and unlearned little by little in placid company. And so then he says, you know, it's like that with us human beings. We not only get a good example from these people, but because we're hanging out with them, we lack reasons to get angry unless we get angry at the fact that they're good or something, and then we're really in trouble. And we don't indulge the vices while we're involved with them. So if we want to avoid getting angry, we need to hang out with people who don't themselves succumb to that. And then he goes on a little bit further and he says, there's a number of other people that we should avoid. Now, it's not just because they have habits that we might contract as a vice or a disease. It's because they are the kind of people that are liable to provide provoke our anger precisely because of their character and the characteristic actions or attitudes that this leads to on their part. And he's actually got nine different categories that he brings up. So first we have the arrogant or the prideful, the superbi. They will offend you with their contempt, right? They're looking down on you. You get mad about that. A smart mouth, right? Somebody who talks smack, as we say, a decox will offend you. How? By saying things that you don't like to hear with an insult. An unruly person, petulans, we get the word petulant from that. They will bother you with their, their injuries. A spiteful, lividus, we get livid from this. Somebody who just wants to hurt you with their malicious their malice, they're doing harm to you for no good reason. An aggressive person, pugnax, literally somebody who wants to fight with you, trying to provoke fights, right? You got to really watch out for them. And then we've got this lying windbag. And this is great because there's actually two terms here. Ventosis, full of wind, at Mendox, a liar, right? Somebody who twists the truth and tells lies. Why? With their vanity. And then he says, you won't put up with being viewed suspiciously by the fearful. Timeri, we don't like when people exhibit suspicion toward us, when they don't trust us. You won't run into problems being bested by the 
stubborn, the pertinake, right, pertinax, or the over-refined, the delicato, right, the, the people who are turning their nose up at you. They think, oh, your clothes aren't good enough. The things you eat and drink aren't good enough, right? All of these are people who could tick us off. So what Seneca's advice, avoid them. Minimize your contact with them. Try not to have anything to do with them as far as you can. If you see that somebody's like that, say, well, I don't want to be around them because they're just going to make me mad and I don't want to get mad. They can do their thing, right? These are people that we know are going to goad us to anger. And notice the two terms that he's using there. Irritaturos, right? They are irritating and they lead to us feeling angry. Irracundium, right? So we want to try to minimize that as much as possible. Possible. Again, to the contrary, we should pick other types of people. He says more beneficial will be those who are sweet-tempered, simplices. Straightforward is another way of expressing it. They're not, they're sincere is another good term. Affable, faciles, easy to get along with. Facile means easy, right? Or self-control, moderatos, people who don't need to indulge themselves in all of these vicious types of behavior and comportment, right? We want those. Why? Because they'll neither provoke your anger, nor will they put up with it. He says, we want these people not to the point though of being yes men, because excessive compliance or literally assentatio, giving assent, agreeing with being too agreeable. We don't want people like that because they tend to provoke anger. And what we're translating there is yes men in adulationum, the people who are butt kissers, the people who are flatterers, the people who go along too much. We do want friends who can say to us, hey man, you need to chill out. You need to take it easy. And he goes on a little bit later and talks about these. He says, if we know we're quick to anger, pick companions like this, the sort to follow our looks and utterances. Uh, to be sure, they'll spoil us and put us in a bad habit of hearing nothing against our wishes, but they'll do us the service of giving our anger a bit of quiet time. Even those who are naturally difficult and violent will put up with somebody who sweet talks them, right? Now, he does actually talk about uh, a person that he knows, this orator, Calius, extremely irascible, right? He was dining in his private chamber with a client whose forbearance was exquisite, though finding himself in those close quarters, he had a hard time avoiding a quarrel with his patron. He reckoned it best to follow along with whatever Calius said and play second fiddle. Calius couldn't bear this continuous agreement and shouted, contradict me somehow, so there'll be two of us. But even Calius, he says, angry because the other didn't become angry, soon left off finding himself without an opponent. So, you know, we have this good tendency we can develop towards having a good temper with respect to anger. We have our problems over here, our vices. We want to have companions who are, if they're not at least virtuous, maybe just getting along with us, not provoking us with all of this other stuff that is going to lead us into feeling anger at them. And then, you know, probably even getting a little angry at ourselves for screwing up. So Seneca thinks that it's really important the people that we choose to spend our time with, the people that we give our space and our mental attention to. And as I mentioned before, as we close this up, in an age of social media and interconnectivity, we want to think very much, not just about the people that we're in face-to-face -face contact with, but about people that we spend time with online. Are we 
choosing to spend time with people who are going to goad us into anger, who are going to tick us off, who are going to make us worse off? Or are we choosing to spend time with other people who provide us with a good example and will sometimes either call us on our nonsense or at least give us the space and time to cool off and say, hey, man, you need to take it easy a little bit. This is a very important consideration if we want to improve our you know, attitude and our assumptions and our habits with respect to anger, not just for today, but for our life going forward. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, Keep studying these great philosophical works.